Welcome to the Innovation in Government show sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to the show. My guest is Bob Stevens, the Vice President of Public Sector for Lookout. Bob, welcome to the discussion today. Thank you for having me. Let me set some context for our discussion. Let me take you back a little bit. 2012, I remember that time, Office of Management and Budget issued its Digital and Mobile Strategy. Among the 29 goals of that strategy were things like using APIs and ensuring agencies buy devices and services in a more coordinated way. Now, here we are almost six years since that strategy was released. The discussion on mobility and mobile devices really has evolved quite a bit. Agencies now buy mobile devices through a centralized set of contracts in an effort to reduce fragmentation and duplication. There were 1,200 mobile agreements, 200 unique service plans at one point, costing the government over a billion dollars a year. Now, also almost six years later, the acceptance and the ability to secure mobile devices has led agencies such as the Defense Department to develop a way for employees and soldiers to use mobile devices in secure spaces. In fact, the Committee on National Security Systems issued a new policy in November, giving the official in charge of that secure space the authority to decide if mobile devices will be allowed in that area. This policy covers secure spaces from the top secret rating down. Even with these signs of progress, the mobile environment remains complex and in need of better ways to secure, manage data, apps, and devices. And that's where our guest comes in. So once again, our guest is Bob Stevens, the Vice President of Public Sector for Lookout. Bob, this whole discussion of mobile devices, we seems like we've been having it now ever since the first iPhone 1 or whatever they called it back then, right? Yeah. Talk a little bit about what the latest is with, with mobile devices. What are you seeing? There's, it's been in the news a lot with, with the White House Chief of Staff, John Kelly, and his challenges. What are we seeing? What's the real threat here? The threat is uh, really across the spectrum, and uh, it's around the applications that are on the device, the vulnerabilities that exist in the operating systems. Uh, it's in the networking capabilities, so when they attach to Wi-Fi, because mobile devices are always trying to t attach to Wi-Fi devices. Uh, and it's also in the web browsing uh, that, that people use today. Um, so mobile devices uh, are, are sort of the soft underbelly uh, for the bad guys uh, to attack. I think that in the PC world has uh, has sort of evolved and um, become more and more locked down uh, and less less uh, vulnerable, um, but mobile devices are still wide open. And the bad guys know that we carry these devices wherever we go all the time. So to be able to turn on a speaker or to turn on the camera or to grab all of your text messages is really attractive to the bad guys. And that's also very scary to the good guys, if you will, how to secure that. Why do you think that's the soft underbelly? I love that phrasing because a lot of times we, when we talk about security, it's always about PCs, right? And laptops, mm -hmm. but mobile devices, why, why have we forgotten about that? Well, I think there's a, a, a couple things. One is that I think a lot of people have the belief that mobile devices are inherently secure, which uh, sort of couldn't be further from the truth. Um, they're as insecure as anything else that, uh, that we use in our daily lives. And I think the bad guys know that um, because for the most part, we have that belief that it's a, an, just an easier attack vector for them um, because they know that it's going to be very easy to compromise or easier to compromise than, than other potential devices. And the reason why is because the way they're developed or the software on them, you always hear the difference between Apple and Android as an example. One is more locked down than the other. I think Apple's probably considered more locked down than Android, generally speaking. But is, there, is it, it's more than just the operating system or is that the main piece here? No, it is. It's the open system that you're, or, or open architecture that you're talking about. You know, the apps are, are developed by anyone, really, and downloaded from anywhere. So, you know, without being able to control them and having that 
openness really makes them a target for the bad guys. And I'll tell you that the iOS devices, you're right, they are fairly locked down. And if you, you know, in general, if you get an application out of the, the Apple store, it's going to be pretty secure. Um, Android's a much more open system. Well, at least it wasn't a much more open system. It has become more and more locked down. Uh, and I think that they've, uh, they've done a, you know, a better job of uh, locking down their operating system and controlling the application development process. And I know we'll talk about mobile apps a little bit later in the program because that's another area that the government has spent some time focusing on, things like the Homeland Security Department's car wash initiative as one example. But let me, before we do that, one of the things that has come up time and again is about personal mobile devices, personal versus government furnished. I am one of those people I will raise my hand gladly. I I, I have two phones and everyone asks me, why do you have two phones? And and mine's less for security and more because I like to keep my work life and my my life life separate. But in the government world, there's that's the security issues here. Should personal phones, should be banned? I mean, that's what they talked about in the White House as one example. Banning is an, is an option. I actually don't think it's the best option. I think the best option is to understand the mobile infrastructure or ecosystem and then take appropriate action to ensure that they're safe or secure uh, for the employees to use. I think if you go down the ban path, you potentially risk demotivating employees or lowering morale. It's going to be tougher to recruit uh, millennials, for example, because they're used to carrying their mobile devices anywhere that they go uh, in the world. So uh, they're not going to be real happy if they say, hey, check your mobile device in the car. And think about the loss of production as a result of that. If my mobile device is in the, in the car or in a, in a, in a safe somewhere, uh, how many times am I going to go check it throughout the day, reducing the productivity of that employee? So, um, so van is one option, um, but I don't think it's the best option. I think understanding the, the mobile infrastructure and then uh, securing it and um, allowing yourself the visibility into what that infrastructure looks like uh, is is the right approach. And I think that's a great point. It's the infrastructure side. Again, we talk about PCs being locked down. How do you lock down a PC? Well, you can do data rights management. You can do a whole bunch of things, but it's the back end that's really what you're talking about here. There's been a move. I've enjoyed this back to thin clients and zero clients uh, with the PC side. So what do we do with the mobile side when you talk about locking down the infrastructure? What, how do we do that? Yeah, it's a combination of things. Uh, and and you've probably heard of mobile device managers. Um, there's a few of them out there. I mean, that is a, a good policy enforcement tool and a great first step um, towards understanding your mobile infrastructure. Um, there's the, the mobile threat protection or MTP solution that uh, is more of an application that resides on the device and allows sort of near real-time analytics uh, of the applications, the operating system, the Wi-Fi connections, the, you know, the safe browsing, things of that nature. Um, I think containers are another option that people should employ, which helps keep that personal life separate from the work life. Uh, and then there's a form of encryption. Um, so it's not unlike a PC in that it takes, you know, there's multiple layers that need to be put in place, uh, but they are different layers. Uh, it's not the same. And um, I don't know that there's a real good understanding of that in the government. And it's interesting when, that when you start talking about the different layers, they are better about it in the government when we talk about the PCs and stuff. Is there really a big difference between when you talk about the the security side, between the PC side, the laptop side, and the mobile device side? Or is it just kind of you know turning your brain a little bit to say, what are we doing for this? Can we apply it to that? Uh, I think that there's a real gap in the understanding of what's required for security on a mobile device in the government. First of all, I don't think that uh, the government you know, they don't have a full deployment of mobile devices for all of their employees. So they believe that it's a very, you know, restricted um, sort of lockdown safe infrastructure. And um, that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, evidence is in General Kelly's, his personal device that was compromised. They are a target for the bad guys. 
Uh, and as we mentioned, or we spoke about earlier, uh, it's it's sort of the soft underbelly that the, um, the bad guys know and understand. It's interesting, the General Kelly piece of the challenge has started to really get people to think about whether mobile devices, we talked about the banning, but can those be locked down as well? Because if you're locking down a government furnished device, okay, I, I, you know, I can, I can accept that. But if you're going to lock down my personal device or, or restrict how I use my personal device, that's a productivity issue. That's a morale issue as well. And sometimes we've saw with certain agencies, one move to BYOD, bring your own device, you only get one device. So those are all pieces and parts of the discussion. Uh, so let me start with the BYOD question. Are you guys seeing that is still popular or did it ever gain any more popularity than from a few agencies? You know, it really has not gained a lot of traction in the government. Uh, although I would argue that most of uh, the agencies have a BYOD situation, whether they like to admit it or not. You talked about it earlier. You have two devices. So if I'm a bad guy, which device am I going to go after? The one that uh, I believe is locked down by the government or the one that is likely to have no controls on it whatsoever. Um, so as I mentioned, the government already has, I think already has a BYOD situation, um, whether they like to admit it or not. Uh, and I think that they have to figure out how to uh, ensure that both environments are safe. A lot of the government agencies that I've spoken to recently have said, hey, I can't do anything about that personal device. But I can guarantee that the, those employees are, are using that device for work reasons um, because they can't perform what they need to perform on a lockdown device that the government has issued them. I think they need to take a hard look at both situations and figure out how they can get the visibility required to ensure that it's a safe, uh, safe environment. And the key word there is visibility for you and, and for a lot of uh, both vendors and agencies is understanding what's on the device, what's happening on the device. You mentioned a couple different pieces and parts that go into that. The MDM is one thing. What is the government doing, I guess, generally speaking, about mobile security then? How is the thinking today and where do you think it needs to go? You know, it's a broad spectrum. I'd like to tell you that it's a, you know moving in you know my opinion in the right direction, but it is a broad spectrum. Um, there are agencies out there that believe, hey, I, I've got you know an iOS device. I don't I don't need any type of protection on it. It's a safe environment already. But then there are other agencies, uh, as an example, the House of Representatives, that uh, view it as a risk, um, know that their members are targets, uh, and are taking the appropriate steps uh, to ensure that those devices are safe and secure, and they have the proper visibility for all the mobile devices that are out there. Are you able to go into any more details about the House of Representatives, about how they're doing? I know it can be a little sensitive sometime around the security side, but generally speaking, in 50,000-foot view? The uh, the House is uh, certainly has an MDM deployed, which uh, is what they started with, uh, but then they also selected Lookout uh, as a vendor um, to provide additional security. So doing predictive analytics on the device um, to ensure that the applications that they use are safe, um, there's no risky behavior that, you know, when they attach to a Wi-Fi, it's a safe Wi-Fi. And then to ensure that the web browsing is, uh, that the members do is, um, is safe. Now, beyond the House of Representatives, are you seeing other trends among your other clients in the government, for instance, or large agencies more adept than small agencies or vice versa? Or what are you seeing from clients? Yeah, ironically, uh, it's uh, the smaller government agencies that uh, decided to go with a solution like Lookout's. Uh, long before the, the larger agencies. It may be because it's a less daunting task. Uh, they have less devices to worry about, but but it's been the smaller agencies that have uh, paid more attention to mobile security uh, sooner uh, rather than later. Um, I'll also say that one of the use cases is uh, overseas travel. So if they've got a lot of employees that are traveling overseas, that really scares the government agencies, uh, and they want to uh, ensure that those devices are safe when they go and when they come back. Um, so that there was no malware planted while they were there or, 
it, it wasn't exploited in some way. I've heard before from different agencies, State Department for one, that they always take a fresh device overseas. They never go with their one that they use all the time. And almost when they come back, they give that phone back to the security folks who then wipe it clean or do whatever they need to do to ensure that they don't have th those problems as well. Sure. That, that's been something that, that seems to be going on for quite a while. Yeah, the use of burner phones is is uh, is definitely. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going in that direction. I mean, yeah. well, that, that's what they call. That's them, what so they we are. Might, we might as well call them the same thing. But uh, it's expensive. It's very expensive. Uh, and let's face it: when uh, government employees are traveling overseas, they want the same, uh, you know, luxuries. I'll put it uh, that they get when they're here and they use their mobile device. Um, you know, as an example, they may have a travel app that they need to access, which isn't on the you know the burner device, and you know things of that nature. So. Um, I think it uh, it's better for the employee if they can travel with their own device. And yeah, I think you're right because so many times we all have our own devices, and we want our devices to be what what's on our devices. The games we play, silly as it sounds, there's a lot of people probably have games that relaxes them and gets their mind off work. And the same thing with the other apps that you do for expense reports and, and other things. So, so I think you're absolutely right. Bob, let's take a, a quick break. When we come back, we can continue this discussion. My guest is Bob Stevens, the Vice President of Public Sector for Lookout. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to the Innovation in Government, sponsored by Carisoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. Securing mobility is critically important for our nation's cybersecurity. With Lookout, your agency will gain visibility into mobile risks and threats to government data. You can quantify your risk reduction using Lookout's analysis and reporting features and close a large security gap. Learn more about how Lookout Mobile Endpoint Security protects sensitive data and personally identifiable information by visiting lookout.com federal. That's lookout.com federal. Tune in on Tuesdays at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. for the Innovation in Government show, sponsored by Kerasoft and its partners. Learn from industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing technologies. Innovation in Government examines a wide range of topics and evaluates their payoff. Cybersecurity, big data, cloud computing, and more. Innovation in Government, Tuesdays at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 a.m. Search keyword innovation. Welcome back. You're listening to Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest is Bob Stevens, the Vice President of Public Sector for Lookout. Bob, in the last segment, we talked a lot about the threat that agencies face, kind of how they're handling the threat, the banning of potential personal devices. One thing that I want to touch upon that we didn't maybe kind of worked around was the idea of policy. And you talked about how certain technologies that Lookout provides that other people provide kind of how they can ensure that you're meeting policy or, or following the policy. But what does the policy actually have to say nowadays and how does policy need to evolve or how has it evolved over the last five, six, seven years? So from a mobile device security policy issue, is there enough? Is there, we need more? Is there always too much policy? What's, where do you see this? I think that uh, we're making progress, but there's still a lot of things that uh, need and could be done. I say that because a year ago, I would have told you that there, there wasn't any mobile policy. Uh, or if there was a mobile policy, it was you have to have an MDM, a mobile device manager. Uh, there wasn't around the other aspects of security that we talked about, giving you the you know the more near real-time analytics that you need on a mobile device. Recently, uh, the DoD CIO has come out with uh, with some policy uh, around protecting mobile devices, uh, which is is better. Again, still some work that needs to be done, but uh, is better. The White House has also come out with some recent policy around their cyber initiatives. 
And uh, we were very happy to see that mobile is even mentioned uh, in the document uh, because in the past it hadn't been mentioned at all. So I, I, I think we're making progress, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done in regard to policy and, and uh, how to protect the mobile device. That DOD policy I wrote about quite a bit. And one of the things that stood out to me, and initially we read it, we we're like, okay, what's the big deal? But then as you got into it a little bit more, do you get a sense that, that they're looking at it from the right perspective, not just DOD right or wrong, but more about are they incorporating all the challenges that have been emerging? You talked about the soft underbelly earlier. Again, I think they're doing a better job. I think, again, there's there's work that needs to be done. Um, you know, they've called out specifically mobile device management. Um, they mentioned MTP, I think, for the first time uh, in the policy. Uh, I think the DOD has a, a good understanding of how mobile devices can be used to make the troops more productive and allow them to accomplish the mission in a more efficient manner. Uh, so I think that there's a strong requirement to use mobile devices, um, but they have they also understand that they need to start to um, secure them and provide the visibility that's required for the, the infrastructure. It seems like the DoD has been talking about how to deal with the CAC, the Common Access Card, and their mobile device for years. There's a whole derived credential. That's We've been waiting for that story to, to actually happen. The pilots and the pilots and the other pilot that they've been doing. Is there a light at the end of that tunnel? Can they eventually figure out how to do the CAC with the mobile device in some way or another, drive credential, whatever path they decide to go down? I think that uh, the technology is definitely there. It's probably been there for a long time. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the DOD has probably taken a little longer than they should have in in order to get to end state. Uh, I think they understand what end state is, and it's it's probably the tunneling is nearing the end. But the unfortunate part is that they don't really do things in parallel. So, you know, as you said, they got very focused on drive credentials and identity for the device. And the rest of it sort of waits until they get that piece solved. But I think it needs to be done in parallel to ensure, again, that, you know, you're providing the most secure environment that you can uh, for the troops out there. And what's interesting when you talk about identity management, I know that's a whole different discussion that we can have, is people want to move outside of the CAC, when they move outside of the the HSPD-12 card, they want to move outside of PKI. There's other ways. Apple, you know, kind of exposed that to the fingerprint potential. And and I was at a panel recently where they talked about iris and facial recognition, so many other kind of modalities that they can use. It's a fascinating time around identity management and how, for instance, the mobile device world is really leading the way, not the PC world. I don't know if that's something that you guys are, are paying close attention to in terms of the modalities of potential identity management. Oh, we're definitely paying attention to it because, again, it's just it's another aspect of securing the mobile device. So, and I think you need to understand all of that when you're out talking to um, the agency, uh, the government agencies out there. So you can help educate them. But uh, as I said, you know, the technology has existed for a while. We just need to help the government, uh, you know, sort of make a decision and, and, and move on to the next phase. It's a great segue. We talked a little bit about policy, but the other piece of this is there are several initiatives that are underway for agencies to secure the mobile devices. Are you seeing any out there that really are making headway or are agencies that's all very much piecemeal, meaning DHS has their car wash and people have app stores, but nobody's really coming together? As far as application analysis or application vetting, which is what car wash was intended to do. And really, I'm just going to jump in, sorry to interrupt, but, but that's what we're talking about here. The device piece is very important, but it's the app on device that, in my view, and correct me if I'm wrong, is really the biggest threat area for a lot of people. I think it is a threat. I don't know that it's the, <laughs> not biggest, the biggest, not the All biggest right. threat. I'll um, defer to you. You're the expert. <laughs> yeah, it is, is definitely an, a threat. I mean, I think vulnerabilities are still the threat that are out there. Uh, and, and it's the thing that the government was really focused the most on uh, when they started talking about mobile devices. How can I ensure that this device is free of vulnerabilities? 
they weren't really thinking about malware in an application. Uh, and I can tell you that, you know, malware, as you probably know, is, is somebody doing something on purpose in an application to benefit from it. So the bad guys write bad code, but it's going to make it through a vulnerability scanner because it's not necessarily a vulnerability. So the bad guys, uh, you know, they know that all they need to do is get some malware on there and, you know, I can pretty much own the device. So. And especially if you connect that device back to your network, then they get, then they can just start the hopping issue sure. too. That's a big concern, I think, for a lot of agencies and, and private sector organizations. It is. And, uh, and they should be worried about that. There's uh, sort of no proof, but well, there is no proof, not sort of, but there is no proof that you, you know, that someone hasn't taken your credentials off of your mobile device in order to access the network, but the capability is there. Absolutely. Now, when you talk about threats, you talk about vulnerabilities. We talk about apps as one threat. Are there other types of threats that the federal agencies are really uh, seeing? Well, there's the man-in-the-middle attack. As you know, a mobile device is trying to attach to every Wi-Fi network that it uh, it comes in contact with. And, of course, again, the bad guys know this. So what am I going to do? I'm going to try and sit in the middle of that connection. And if I'm in the middle of that connection, I get to see all unencrypted data. Um, I could potentially steal your, you know, any data that's on the phone. I can look at your SMS texts. Uh, your emails, you know, steal your credentials uh, for login to to other networks, you know, things of that nature. So, man in the middle attacks are uh, are still uh, are something that they need to worry about. And there's also phishing. You know, phishing is still the number one way the bad guys try and get uh, into a device. Uh, and mobile devices aren't like PCs. In a PC, you know, it's an email, and most people know or can recognize at this point. I've just been phished through email, but on a mobile device. I can I can fish you through an SMS text. Uh, I can send you an email. I can send you a link. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that I can I can potentially get you to click to download something that's not not good. And I think the SMS text is really the, the biggest concern because you get a text from a number you don't know about. The first thing you do is you open it because well, who's this from? Maybe it's someone who got a, who's borrowing a phone, especially if you have kids or your spouse. And oh, maybe their phone died and they're sending you from a different place. What can be done to really ensure texts and SMS messages are secured, or at least not phishing attacks? With with email, you have spam folders, but you don't necessarily have that with text, right? Yes, you're right. I mean, and it's really about uh, the phishing that occurs. The, I don't. The texts aren't going to stop. And uh, and trust me, I could create a text that you would click on. Uh, you know, I could look make it look like it came from WTOP, and you'd open it up. And uh, it's at that point that you want to be able to in, catch it and then ensure that the user is notified. Uh, as well as the organization, um, so that you can stop whatever uh, bad behavior is trying to accomplish. Bob, this has been a fascinating conversation. Unfortunately, we're almost out of time. Before I let you go, I always like to ask some takeaways that the listeners should really keep in mind. So two, three, four things, whatever comes to mind about mobile security solutions, what should they keep in mind as they are going out there? I think, as you said, it's still the soft underbelly, and uh, the fact is that agencies are really starting to understand the threats that they face. So how can they protect themselves? It's a few things, right? They need to understand the the, uh, the infrastructure, uh, as we talked about earlier, understand the potential risk. It's not just the vulnerabilities on devices. It's also malware in the applications themselves. Uh, it's the man-in-the-middle attacks. Uh, it's the, the, the browsing that uh, employees do. I think government agencies also need to understand that uh, their employees are using their personal devices to accomplish work uh, because it's easier for them. Uh, and it allows them to get their jo- their jobs done in a more efficient manner. And rather than, you know, sort of stick your head in the sand, start to embrace it and try and help the employees uh, become more productive uh, while in- ensuring that the security uh, of the mobile devices is uh, is uh, where you need it to be. Do a lot of agencies, are you seeing at least the trends? They want to, they have MDMs, but they want to go to the next 
step or do they not even have MDMs yet? Most agencies do have MDMs and I think they are ready to go to the next step. Unfortunately, they also have to embrace the cloud by going to the next step because most solutions uh, in the next step are, uh, are SaaS products or software as a service. So uh, they sort of have to get over the, the fear of the cloud um, and understand that that's also a safe environment. But I think most of them you know, do have an MDM and are looking to go to the next step. You talked about the solution where you do analytics, as you said. Are there other pieces and parts that can fit there? I mean, it's not just MDM and then the MPT solution, right? I mean, there's there's other pieces they have to worry about. We talked drive credential a little bit, talked about other modalities for recognition, identity management. Where else can agencies, you know, what's, what's if we had this conversation in three or five years? Well, that's a good question. And uh, I'm not sure that I have the answer because I'm not a visionary, right? But um, I would argue that uh, the government has to take the first step. Uh, which is to ensure that the, the mobile devices are secure today. Um, and they really haven't done that yet. And it's weird. I mean, does that surprise you when you go in to talk to clients and, and they'll go, well, we have an MDM, aren't we good? Do you have to explain to them, well, that's a nice step, but how, how often are agencies get understanding that? Um, you're right. We do have to explain uh, that there's uh, there are more levels that they need to be concerned with. Uh, and it happens probably nine out of 10 times. Um, most of them do believe, hey, I've got this, this MDM. And the MDMs are fantastic for policy enforcement. Um, that's what they do, uh, and they do it well. Um, but, you know, we're teamed with the MDMs because of the, uh, um, the additional security value that we bring. Do you get a sense that the recognition that there is a threat for mobile devices is there? You can talk to a chief information security officer or a CIO, and they may say, yeah, yeah, we get that. But what about the CFO types and the, the chief acquisition officers and the program folks? Are they also making that connection? I think they are. And, you know, it's it's probably through uh, um, the release of threats like Dark, Dark Caracol that we um, we brought to, to light last month uh, in January. And Dark Caracol is a, is a nation-state attack against pretty much the, it's global uh, it's not confined to any one area, um, but you know this this uh, <clears throat> attack is really takes over your device, and I think with evidence like that, I think it, it helps convince them uh, that uh, you know mo- more mobile security is required. You think between OPM and J.P. Morgan Chase, you think secure the security thing would be easy now, right? It'd protect data, protect the device was still a challenge. So I, I think we'll be having this conversation um, uh, many times over the next three to five years. But unfortunately, today we are out of time. I'd like to thank my guest, Bob Stevens, the Vice President of Public Sector for Lookout. Bob, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you. You've been listening to Innovation in Government, sponsored by Carisoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I've been your host, Jason Miller. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search innovation. Thank you for listening to the Innovation in Government show, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. The entire discussion can be found on demand at Federal News Radio, keyword innovation. Securing mobility is critically important for our nation's cybersecurity. With Lookout, your agency will gain visibility into mobile risks and threats to government data. You can quantify your risk reduction using Lookout's analysis and reporting features and close a large security gap. Learn more about how Lookout Mobile Endpoint Security protects sensitive data and personally identifiable information by visiting lookout.com federal. That's lookout.com federal. 
Tune in on Tuesdays at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. for the Innovation in Government show, sponsored by Kerasoft and its partners. Learn from industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing technologies. Innovation in Government examines a wide range of topics and evaluates their payoff. Cybersecurity, big data, cloud computing, and more. Innovation in Government, Tuesdays at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 a.m. Search keyword innovation.